Readers, writers, listeners, welcome. This is the Page Turners Podcast, and I'm your host, Miranda, an avid reader, a novice writer, and a longtime listener of podcasts. Here we go. This is the Page Turners Podcast, Episode 7. I can't believe how close we are already to 10 episodes. This has been so exciting to work on and see it come to life and people enjoy it. And I'm just so excited that you guys are listening and and hopefully enjoying it. Now, I've been listening to podcasts for a while. I kind of got into them in college, was a big fan of like the Black Tapes, the No Sleep podcast, Morbid, um, True Crime Garage, (laughs) really like horror and true crime, clearly. But I, again, you know, I've said it before that I wanted to create a podcast, but didn't really know what to do or why I should start one. And a good friend of mine said, do it, just dive right in. And so he did. Um, I reached out to an author that I look up to so, so much. Her episode is going to be coming out soon. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Like I was fangirling so hard the whole time. But not all of my episodes are conversations with authors, which was something that kind of happened as I progressed through creating Page Turner's podcast. I had talked to some authors who were fantastic, amazing, many of which you've already heard from. But I was also discovering all of these people who are doing amazing things with literacy and access to books that aren't even authors. And so I had found a few, reached out to them. You're going to get to hear from a few of them soon. One of them today. And it was really cool because I discovered this person and their business actually while at work. Uh, We have tons of monitors in our newsroom so that we know what's going on around the world, what's going on around the area, what's happening in the news. And I happened to look up and see this story on Good Morning America, and I was just entranced. I thought it was so cool, looked them up, was so excited by what they were doing. And that was a couple of years ago before I even dreamed up this wild idea of Paige Turner's podcast. And then when I had had kind of that first conversation with someone who wasn't an author, they came back to mind and I thought this is the perfect opportunity to finally get to have a conversation with them and really understand the great work that they're doing. So providing almost 100,000, let me say that again, 100,000 inclusive books to kids across the country. Today's guest owns a small business with a big mission, spreading kindness rooted in justice and action and challenging the world to do better. Having discovered her and her shop during a Good Morning America segment, it's time to hear from one of the founders of Kind Cotton, Caitlin Johnstone. So my name is Caitlin. I am the co-founder of Kind Cotton along with my husband. We are a small clothing company dedicated to kind of spreading a message of kindness and inclusion, as well as donating books to kids. And we are actually probably about a week away from reaching our 100,000 book donated to kids. So that's like a really exciting milestone for us. Um, And yeah, that's just like a real brief overview of who we are and what we do. Tell me a little bit about where the idea for Kind Cotton came from. Like, how did this grow into, you know, almost 100,000 books donated? Yeah, of course. So I was an educator in the state of Florida for 
eight years. I taught kindergarten for seven out of those eight, which I absolutely loved. And I'd say in about my second year of teaching, I started to recognize that there was a huge, huge lack of children having books at home, having access to books. As a matter of fact, the school in which I was teaching at at the time, the library would allow children to check out books, but they had to stay in the classroom. They couldn't even bring them home and then return them. So yeah. So my students were so like just hungry for literacy and holding books and seeing books that they were engaged in. So I always found myself kind of giving books from my classroom library or purchasing books for like any holiday you could think of, you know, Martin Luther King Day, mm-hmm. um, around the winter holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, like everything. I was I was purchasing books and providing them to my students, which became very expensive along with all of the other things, you know, that teachers have to buy for their own classrooms. So I came home one day and I said to my husband who was working in custom apparel at the time, hey, I have this idea. It might be a really wild, lavish idea, but just hear me out. And he said, yeah, of course. What are you thinking? I said, well, I really want to be able to get my students more books without always, you know, spending so much money doing so. And if this is a problem for my students, I know that it must be a problem across the entire country. And as I did more and more and more research, obviously, you know, it is a huge systemic issue within education. So I said, I have this idea, like, what if we started making shirt designs that were really empowering, that spoke to kindness and inclusion and just all of these different things that I feel like are so important in the world and are beautiful messages. And then with every single purchase, we donate a book to a child. And I really wanted that book to be more than just like a book drop off. Mm -hmm. So I started a reading program at the school that I taught in, uh, in which I would go to their aftercare program and I would do a lesson on the book that I brought for kindergarten, first and second graders. And then at the end of each lesson, the kids got to take the book home with them. So there was like this real connection to the literacy. Um, And it was amazing. And I did that for three years, I want to say up until the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, I couldn't do outside things for a while. Plus my family and myself were being really, really extra safe too. whole nother story. Um, but we have found other exciting ways to continue to give books to educators and to students all across the country. When exactly did you guys start Kind Cotton? What year? 2017. So we have been a company for five years. And what was it like um, kind of seeing that grow and and getting that opportunity to be on Good Morning America and be able to share your message beyond, you know, the people that you'd already impacted? So I can remember when we first started in 2017, if I could get one order a day, like just one order a day, that means I would be able to purchase a book for the 30 kids who were a part of the reading program when we first started without it, you know, coming out of my own um, pocket and having to put more money into the company and stuff. So 
I was so excited every single day. I could remember walking my one package out to the mailbox and knowing that that was going to in turn completely fund the reading program that I started. So to now look forward five years and like you said, had the opportunity to go on Good Morning America and connect with people such as yourself, had the opportunity to just yesterday, I went to the... um UPS store and dropped off over 2,500 books, oh uh, one for a youth center in Florida and one for an elementary school in Pennsylvania is just, and every single child is getting a copy of the same book is really mind blowing to me. And I think it's important that we all take a step back and look at like how far we've come in all situations, because I mean, I have my days like today where I'm like, it's one of the slowest days I've had in yeah over a year, but then I have to recognize like the beauty of the impact that really has been able to be made. So it's, it's really amazing to be able to do that. So you started as an educator, you kind of saw this issue with being able to have access to books, but we also see that literacy rates are pretty low, which I mean, they go hand in hand. Of course, if you don't have access to books, how are you going to be able to read? How do we change that? That's a big conversation that I've wanted to have with, with people in this podcast, but just kind of in general, when talking about my passion for reading, how do we change that? How do we continue to make a difference and to be able to make sure that reading is a priority for the future? So I love that you asked that because that is our main focus, right? Our main focus is getting books into the hands of kids, but also getting books that children want to read into the hands of kids, books in which kids feel seen and loved and represented. So we are very, very particular in the books that we choose for the different schools that we're donating to, or the different centers that we're donating to, or the different classrooms even that we're donating to, because teachers know their students the most. So I really take in information from specific educators as to what they're looking for when we develop the books that we are sending to them. Because I am such a firm believer that if you aren't interested in the book that is either being read to you or the book that you are reading yourself, then you're really not going to be, why would you want to read, right? And unfortunately, having been a teacher, I know that we are so, so pushing towards just test scores and pushing towards reading and writing and math and whatever we got to do to get there and only allowing kids to even look at books that are on their reading level, I think is doing like a true detriment to ultimately what they want to do, right? Like if you right. want your test scores to be higher, if you want children actively engaged in reading, if you want children to develop a true love for reading so that they're reading when they are adults, or even if you want kids to just buy in enough to learn how to read, you need to be providing them books that they are interested in and books in which they feel represented. So I think that is a huge um piece to the puzzle. Of course, it is not the only piece, but that and just access in general are the two main things that we focus on at Kind Cotton. So I want to dive into that representation piece a little bit more. I'm so glad that you brought that up because actually for me, so I compete in the Miss America organization. I gave you a little bit of the details and we have what is called a social impact initiative 
Mine is about literacy rates and increasing a passion for reading. And kind of my three main points are access, education, and representation. Mm -hmm. And I think what you guys are doing is really, really cool on the representation end of things. So talk with me a little bit more about those books that you choose and why you're so conscious about the decisions that you're making for those books. Absolutely. I'm so happy you asked that question (laughs) because... Um, So if we look at the rates, and I always say, like, allow for these rates to be a little bit off when I say this, because I don't have it right in front of me when I'm when I'm just talking um, candidly to someone. But if you look at the rates of books that are published, specifically children's books, the majority of main characters are either white or animals, right? So it's really, really important that when you are thinking about things such as representation, that you are making sure that you are purchasing from BIPOC authors with BIPOC main characters, Black, Indigenous, people of color. Um, we also like to really focus on LGBTQ plus family dynamics because we think, you know, there are going to be people in classrooms or children in classrooms who have two moms or have two dads or have one mom or have their aunt raising them. And I think it's really, really, really important in order to develop empathy and for children to have an understanding of different family structures and different people that we really try to focus on including everyone. And nine times out of 10, if you go to a bookstore and you pick up a children's book, like I said, it's either going to have white main characters or it's going to have animals as main characters. So 90% of the books that we donate are either BIPOC from disabled authors, because I think that that is really lacking in the representation space as well, or LGBTQ plus um, authors or main characters. And then the other 10%, we really, really try to focus on social emotional learning and mental health and mental well-being for children, because that's another thing. I mean, especially we've all been through a lot the past three years and children need an outlet to be children and to feel their feelings and to talk about them and to kind of work through them, uh, in an SEL lens, social emotional learning lens. So I just think it's so important. It's important for someone like you and I to see different cultures and understand uh, different points of view. But then it's also really important for children to be able to see themselves as the princess or the prince or, you know, the, the person saving the day in books, because oftentimes in media, when we do see marginalized communities represented, it may not be in like the most beautiful of lights. And I think white people need to see that. And then, you know, people of color need to see themselves represented in a beautiful light too. It's it's important for both. Absolutely. So if there's somebody who's listening and they're like, yeah, I, I need to be better about stepping outside of my comfort zone when I read or the books that I give to my children or donate or whatever that may be, do you maybe have some ideas or advice for people on how to kind of maybe step outside their comfort zone and find some of those books that you're talking about? 100%. I mean, so we have grown leaps and bounds from when we first started Kind Cotton. Um, I think the first book that we donated was how, um, if you give a moose a muffin, which beautiful Mm -hmm. book, right? Love it. It's amazing. Fun story. And, you know, we still donate books such as those as well, but we've done a huge 
huge shift. And the point is, is that you can find fun-loving books like that, that are also written by BIPOC authors. And it's really important to celebrate that and kind of put your money where your mouth is, um, is what I always say. So my advice mainly would just be Google is our friend, right? <laughs> there are so many incredible blogs that you can find or reading lists that you can find whenever there is, you know, for instance, we just put a blog out, important books to read on MLK day and all year round that kind of center on activism and, and equity. So you can certainly check out our website. We try to put blogs out all the time. It's kindcotton.com. But also I would just encourage parents to Google inclusive children's book, books for children or children's books written by BIPOC authors or children's books um, with LGBTQ plus representation or disabled main characters and just read them. I mean, picture books do a really beautiful, beautiful job of not only helping children to learn, but helping us as adults too, right? Like if we could simply put everything in the form of a picture book, I think our world would be a lot better. <laughs> um, so know that you are on a journey as well. And you can not have all the answers because I think as parents, we always want to have the answers to everything. Mm -hmm. It is okay to be learning alongside your child. And that's something I tell myself every day. I think that's fantastic. I think that's something that we can we can all take with us. You know, I don't have children, but I do have lots of young cousins and younger siblings. And I think that's really important to learn alongside them and to be open to that idea. And I think what you said about picture books kind of being the perfect way to learn that and to see that, I think that is, is really, really true. Um, and so I hope this gives everybody kind of maybe that push they need if they needed it to step outside of their comfort zone and, and to experience things because books are so good at showing you different cultures and different ideas mm -hmm. and opinions. And um, I, I think we can all use more of that. That's definitely. Yeah, 100%. So switching gears just a little bit, um, something I always love to ask people is, are you an avid reader? Were you an avid reader growing up? Is that something that, that you still like to do? So it's so interesting. I've gone on like a very interesting reading journey, I guess. Um, I was very fortunate in that I have very vivid memories of my parents reading to me when I was really, really young and loving the stories that they read. Um, I was super into like the Disney golden books and oh, you yeah, know, those are the best. <laughs> yeah. So I loved, loved, loved being read too as a child. And then I can remember, you know, as I got a little bit older and I was independently reading, I was into like babysitters club books and stuff like that. And then I'd say once it got to the age of like high school, college level, where reading for enjoyment wasn't a really big deal and you had so much reading to do as assignments, I kind of gave up on that. And then I would say about five years ago, probably when we started Kind Cotton, I became an avid reader again myself. So yeah, I try to read every single day um, and I love it. And it's because I'm, again, reading things that interest me and not just something that has been given to me <laughs> to right. say, read this by Wednesday at at noon, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's true for so many people that especially when you hit high school and even college, it does get really tough to want to read more and want to read Mm -hmm. things that are just for you. But I think, I think that's the way to do it is just find something that really interests you. And, And that can be really hard. Um, it can be really hard to find something that like piques your interest, but there's always a book out there for somebody. Like I truly believe that there's a genre or a story or something that is going to make your brain go, yeah, I want to read more of that. Yeah. 100%. And had I thought of that when I was going through that phase and like, when you put it in that light, it resonates so much with me. (laughs) Um, but I think we get so bogged down by like the have to have to have to do, you know, and like the constant doing that at the time I was like, no, I'm not finding any more time (laughs) for, for reading. But now looking back, I can see that. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually, it's funny that you bring up the Disney golden books because I can see one sitting on my counter over here for Christmas. My grandma actually gave me, um, they started doing this thing where they would compile a bunch of the golden books together. Mm -hmm. So I have a version of the Disney one and a version of other stories. And I just, I thought that was so funny. I was like, that I think is literally on my counter right over there. Yeah. Yeah. I know I got my daughter a bundle of, um, she's like very into Paw Patrol right now. Mm -hmm. And they had like the golden book, like six or seven set. So she reads them all the time. She loves them. That's great. So those are your daughter's probably favorite books right now. Do you have a favorite book? Is there one that just is kind of like, yep, that's my favorite. Um, a hard question. I'm looking. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so funny that you say that because I'm, I'm currently staring at a stack of books that we donate. Um, there are so many that we include all the time whenever we're donating books. I absolutely, oh goodness, <laughs> so tricky. I know it's such a hard question. I tell people either the hardest question is going to be, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Maybe what's your favorite book? I mean, yeah. they're, they're the two hardest ones. Um, Let me think of, so the most recent school that we donated a book to every kid we donated LeBron James I promise Mm -hmm. which is like one of my favorite children's books but there are so there are so many that's just the first that came to (laughs) mind because it was the most recent that I packed but it's such a beautiful story about just like being your true self and and standing up for others and caring about one another and what it means to be kind which is something that we really stand by um the queen of kindergarten is probably I said the Paw Patrol ones but that's probably my daughter's favorite book by Derek Barnes um and that does such a beautiful job of kind of explaining what it means to be a queen and what it means to be like the kindness queen in your classroom and it walks through her first day of school um and that is just so incredibly beautiful too. But I have so, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but those are the two that come to mind right now. For somebody who's listening, you know, I, I donate books. I take in gently used. I've got a whole awesome um, wall full currently of books to donate. But if somebody is really interested in making sure that they can help you guys out, what exactly does that look like? How does somebody give back through Kind Cotton? Absolutely. So we are a small clothing company. So as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, 
all of the clothes that we create kind of want to push a message of kindness and inclusion as well. Um, so you could, and we have a one-for-one -one model. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. So everything that you purchase, we then in turn buy a book to donate. So that is absolutely one way to support us. But we also have a button on our website if you strictly just want to buy a book. Great. Where you can add a book to your cart so you can, you know, add as many as you'd like. And that is only $5 because we have so many different wholesale accounts with large companies that enables us to buy books cheaper at a bulk price because we're buying so many at a time. Um, and all of that can be found on our website, which is kindcotton.com. Uh, we're also very active on Instagram and TikTok, and that's just Kind Cotton as well. Um, and yeah, or just, I mean, even following us and, and liking posts and it sounds so silly to someone who is not a small business, but I can't tell you how much that means to a small business. Um, cause it really increases your reach and the people who you're able to connect with. And we want to continue to do that for you guys. You know, this is, this podcast is not meant to be an advertisement, but again, what you're doing is so much more than then of course selling shirts, you know, mm -hmm. they are cool. I do have the, uh, read more books in my, in my cart, but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, if, if there's anything that we can do to increase access to books and increase representation, I don't think that's a bad thing. So whether that's just donating or it's buying a shirt, it's all, mm -hmm. all for a good cause. Thank you so much for joining us for the Page Turners podcast. Make sure that you keep an eye out for the next episode. And until then, make sure to check us out on social media at Miss underscore Missouri River to keep up with all things literacy and falling in love with reading. Catch you next time.